1: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast uh, coming at you today in the middle of August, is, or not the middle of August. It feels like it should be the middle of August, still the beginning, um, but we are continuing uh, to one, wait for a Donovan Mitchell trade that may never happen, and two, continuing with our Pick drafts. So myself, Jeremy Cohen, and Andrew Claudio will be picking all from the number two picks uh, throughout the history of the NBA in a draft that is coming your way in just a few minutes. Hope you enjoy the first pick draft. So this is going to be very much in the same vein. But first, I'm pleased to welcome a very special guest. Uh, so fans of Knicks Film School probably know this person if you've ever been on a halftime Zoom shout out to the newsletter subscribers. You definitely know this person. And if you've been on a town hall, which we just had a good one the other the other day, you certainly know this individual. Uh, I will explain why he is here in a moment. But um, suffice it to say, he is uh, a personal inspiration of mine. He's been a big help of mine uh, along the way. Uh, One of Well, not one of. I don't know any accomplished journalists. He is the most accomplished journalist I know. He spent a lifetime and a half at the Dayton Daily News, along with several other publications. Fulbright Fellow, uh, former president of the Society of Professional Journalists. Um, I could go on and on about his resume, but I don't want to get him red in the face. So, Mr. Ray Marcano. Hello, sir. How are
2: you doing, Jonathan? How are you, John? How's it going? What's happening? What's shaking? What's shaking? Question for you. This is just not for now. This will be for another, uh, another one of your podcasts. But what is likely to happen first? First. Donovan Mitchell trade or a Joey Gallo base hit?
1: Um, here's so up. here's what I know about baseball. I know that you get up about four times a day, and I know that you play about every day. So without knowing much about Mr. Gallo or his current, stature within the Yankees and, and and how he's doing. I'm assuming from the tone of your question he's not doing well.
2: Well here's with Los Angeles now. That's how well he's doing. They, they oh okay. Sure. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um a Gallo base hit. How about that? A gallo base hit? Yes, before Donovan Mitchell trade. I don't know. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Uh I think the I think the foliage will start to turn before we get it out of a Donovan Mitchell trade. So, you know, take, take that for what, it, what it's worth. Um, so you were kind enough to agree to come on here for a few minutes because, uh, as I stated already, today's episode is the number a, a draft of all of the number two picks in the history of the sport. And uh, spoiler alert, the first pick in this draft is going to be, um, sad to say, but now the late, great Bill Russell. Um, of course, was was picked number two uh, a very, very, very long time ago. And uh, after that, he went on to have uh, one of the greatest careers in team professional sports history, in addition to making quite an impact off the court. And you are someone who, I think when we first met, you were you were on the ground covering doing stuff for CNN for you know, uh, a couple summers ago when the 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 nation was turning on its head. So, you have a little bit of experience with this sort of thing, which is why I wanted you to, to come on. Um, so, yeah, I guess we could start there. Like, when I hear, when I say the name Bill Russell, like, what, what's, what comes to your mind?
2: Well, what comes to my mind is not what comes to most people's mind. What comes to my mind is the impact he had on civil rights and equality. What comes to most people's mind is that he's the most dominant professional basketball force in the history of the game. There's been nobody like him since. I know people will look at Shaq and Will Chamberlain and say, well, what about those guys? Not even close. Uh, Bill Russell could dominate and alter a game just by getting under the basket and and jumping. Um, But he was, you know, very misunderstood and very quiet, and I think that's why a lot of his achievements and a number of the things that he did on and off the court in order to promote equality gets lost.
1: When, when we talk about an athlete who, like Russell, was, I mean, I, I, before I even ask this question, let me ask you first. Would you, because would you, when I think of the most tumultuous time to be uh, a, a black person in this country, I think, uh, I think of the, well, it's a it's a in terms of the civil rights era right in terms of the civil rights movement it was yeah. f- late 50s 60s early 70s is, is that a fair statement to make
2: yeah i'd say from yeah our early 60s through through the late 60s yes
1: so his playing career started in the mid 50s and lasted until 1969 and so he was right in the thick of that so i think What I'm curious about is when you look at uh, black athletes throughout the history of this country and in terms of their impact, when someone was playing during that time period, does that kind of what what does that say to you about? And and they were a person of stature, uh, received a lot of attention, and in Russell's case, played in a place that historically has I mean, I don't know. Has not been kind to, to black athletes. Like, what, what does what does that mean when you talk about him as a as a professional athlete?
2: Yeah, Boston still isn't kind today. So no. you know, I think to answer that question, uh, you know, put what he did in context. So first of all, when he was at the University of San Francisco, I think, 55, 56, 54 to 56. Yep. Uh, You know, as you might imagine, a lot of the frat boys there did uh, not quite care for him to be there and uh, said and did uh, a number of vile things. Uh, Fast forward, excuse me to him being with the Boston Celtics, you know, he's still a young player in 1961. And this is where I get to Russell as being not only a dominant force on the court, but a dominant force off the court. And how quietly he did that. So 1961, you know, the NBA is still pretty much a nascent league and they're trying to build their brand. So they convince. they say, hey, let's St. Louis Hawks, let's go to Lexington, Kentucky. We'll have a game there. We'll try to get fans interested. So they get to Lexington. uh, They get to their hotel and they go down to the diner to eat. And the diner says, I'm sorry, we're not serving black people. So Russell is a young Bill Russell, Right he gathers his black teammates on the Boston Celtics and says, look, I don't think we should play this game. Uh, And they agreed. Not only that, the black players on St. Louis agreed not to play the game as well. Uh, So that NBA game, which was supposed to introduce people to this new sport that everybody thought was exciting was played before a very small crowd and an all-white team, and it was all because Bill Russell stood up and said, "Look, no, if you're not going to treat me like a man, I'm not going to be involved in what you do." Quite that simple.
1: And and obviously, this was you know around the time when um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X were both coming up uh, to rise to prominence. When you. Think about the the choices that again prominent black individuals in this country had to make at that time in terms of which of those two paths pre- predominant, and I I think one had I, and you could speak to this a lot more than I can. Malcolm had a lot of influence on Martin, and Martin had a lot of influence on Malcolm, but um, and you know vice versa. But when you think of the 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 path that a professional athlete had to choose back then. Um, how do you, how do you, you know, imagine you're, you're back then during those times, like, what do you think was going through Russell's head in terms of like, I, I could go this route or I could go that route. Um, and, and what do you think of the kind of the choices he made?
2: Well, we know what was going through his head because he wrote about it. Uh, and he spoke about it. So there was a reason that he was considered to be surly and sullen. Uh, and it was because in Boston, for example, he refused to do things like sign autographs for kids or sign basketball for adults or sign his picture and send it to somebody from their birthday. Why did he? Why was he against that? Because in his mind, he said, I am not interested in your cheers and adulation. I am far more interested. And you treating me and everybody like me with dignity, respect, and equality. And until you can do that, I'm just not interested in playing your game. So we knew that was Bill Russell. We also know in 1963, he was asked whether or not, remember, 1963, he is in the midst of his, of his greatness. I mean, sure. uh, he's just dominating the game back then. Uh, and a reporter asked him, You know, if you could, would you give up basketball to fight for the civil rights movement? He said, absolutely. If I think I could make a real significant difference, I would give this up tomorrow. And that shocked a lot of people. Um, And then, you know, remember, here's, you know, a really abhorrent example that actually shows this guy's uh, dignity and character. Uh, It's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. I think it was in the mid-60s. And forgive so me, I'm still playing at this time. He was still playing, might have been 66. Um, his house in Massachusetts was broken into and vandalized. Not only did they write graffitis on the wall and bust up his, all of his trophies, somebody actually shit on his bed, went into his house and shit on his bed. Uh, that's all in his books, it's all documented. Nobody's making that stuff up. It happened. But Bill Russell, being Bill Russell, didn't let any of that stuff to term. He figured that in his own way, quietly, with that sort of dignity, he needed to do everything that he could do to make sure that that didn't happen to the generations that came after.
1: And so he retires 1969, of course, winning a championship, going, going through our beloved New York Knicks. On his way to winning his last championship, there wasn't anybody that he didn't beat. That's a you know, often repeatedly, he beat everybody, he beat everybody, beat him soundly at that. Uh, so on, you know, on his last legs, he, he beats the Knicks, he, he goes off into the sunset. Um, can you maybe give a, a little bit of context as far as so again, but 1969, so it's a year, uh, it's a year after Dr. King is assassinated, correct. Um, so we're we're still in the thick of this in the country. What, what kind of life did he lead, you know, immediately after? Uh, and then, you know, he didn't have to deal with basketball as a well, player anymore. Same thing.
2: Uh, again, he went after, he, he, he addressed equality and civil rights issues very quietly. I think that most people understand his career. They understand that he, you know, he went back and he coached a couple of teams that didn't do very well. Uh, he became a color commentator on ABC, I believe, uh, right after his playing days were over. But really, the rest of his time when it comes to activism is what I call quiet activism. Now, everybody remembers Jackie Robinson, right? Because he was a sure. bit, but remember Jackie Robinson. Everybody remembers Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown, because they were all, both of those guys were far more vocal. And Brown still is one, Uh, but not Bill Russell, far quieter. Another example of how that manifests itself during all the Colin uh, Kaepernick stuff after uh, Kaepernick was kneeling and other sports figures began to do that as well. Bill Russell did not call the press conference. He didn't call uh, people to tell them how he thought. He put a simple message on Twitter in which he got on his knee and raised his arm and his fist and simply said, you're not alone. Something that is as simple as that, in many ways, speaks far louder than anything he could have actually said. And that was, and that was what he did.
1: Uh, he, I, I, it still hasn't really hit me that he's gone because it's like from the moment I started watching sports, it's like, oh, it's Bill Russell's the guy who won all those championships um, with the Celtics. But I, uh, so it's 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 strange that he's not going to be around anymore, even though he, by all accounts, you know, I guess live the life that he could be proud of. I, I hope, um, I guess the last thing, what do you think in your opinion, the, the NBA should do anything to honor him that hasn't already been, I mean, obviously they have the finals trophy named after him. Like there's been some talk about retiring number six, that nobody should wear that again. Would you, is that something you would you'd be in favor of? Absolutely,
2: uh, there are very few across all sports. There are a lot of great players, there are a lot of people who do great things off the court. But each sport, you can count icons, professionally and personally, on one hand across all the sports. Uh, Jackie Robinson is an icon. Walter Payton is an icon, uh, and Bill Russell is an icon. When you have icons like that, not only should they retire his number six across the entirety of the, of the NBA, but they should follow baseball's example and have, you know, Bill Russell back, which they not only every every season, in which they not only it's a great idea. And me, for me, talking about his accomplishments on the court is the least of what they should do. Sure, they should mention it, but they should tell him, they should tell the public and remind the public the kind of man he was. And what he meant for civil rights and equality in America, because to me, that's far more important than anything that he could do in all his, his accomplishments on the basketball court. By the way, you know the uh, Wilt Chamberlain story, right? He threatened to sit out a season <laughs> more than Wilt Chamberlain. Remember that?
1: I remind our, our listeners who may, who may not know.
2: I think, and you know, I'll, I'll do the mea culpa if I'm wrong about this, but I believe Wilt Chamberlain was the first $100,000 a year basketball player in the NBA. That sounds right, and Bill Russell goes through an hour back and says I'm not playing unless I get more money we'll pay the, Celtics. <laughs> the Celtics paid him a hundred thousand and one dollars <laughs> that season.
1: um my my biggest uh like I wish I had been born X number of years earlier like in my for my personal self as a sports fan is i i wish i could have watched wilt versus russell in person yeah. youtube yeah no i know it's a, but youtube just a, yeah ray uh you're the best uh thank you <laughs> thank you for coming on giving a few minutes i appreciate it i know you're working on something right now i don't think you're at liberty to speak about it yet unless you uh i'll offer you the opportunity anything you want to plug or promote before we get to the episode um, I will send
2: you a link when it's done. I am not at liberty to say what it is until it is published. However, That's what I figured. I will tell you that it is a, uh, it's a nice little national exclusive. So hopefully it turns out okay.
1: Ray Marcano, you're one of a kind. Thank you, sir, as always. Uh, Thanks,
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
1: I am joined, as I was last week, by not one but two better. Well, it can't be better halves, better it thirds. Could be. Not could be where both of us create a better full of you. You know, yes, but then you are each a third.
4: We are all thirds. Deal. How's that yeah. math? I like that math, John. Hi, Andrew Claudio. Hi, John. Hi, Jeremy Cohen. Hi, John.
5: How are <laughs> you? Do well. I'm by myself.
1: Uh, great. Have you enjoyed the last week of your life? I have
5: have. that went by very quickly, they always do. (laughs) It flew, but it was good. Andrew, how was your vacation?
4: It was great. And if you're hearing this intro, we didn't have to re record it because something happened. So everything went swimmingly, and I enjoyed my time away from the internet and turning 34 years old in the meantime. Yes,
1: I love it. Um, so last week. Uh, we did a draft of first overall picks throughout NBA history, not first players taken oh, overall. He's
4: <laughs> not, can, he's not letting
1: this go. I'm never gonna let it go. Okay, no, um,
3: Find no we. I'll never that? let go, Jack. <laughs> I promise.
1: Come on, that table with the float. What was it? A floating headboard or something? What was that? I thought it was like a door. Oh, was it a door? Maybe yeah, it a door. So yeah, something like that okay um anyway it was fun it was a spirited event um and now of course we continue along with the only logical place to go from number one which is number two Mm. uh andrew do you want to explain the rules for anybody who may have missed it well
4: if you missed it last week we are Conducting a seven person draft or three teams, I should say, we're going to draft a full roster of seven players, a center, two forwards, two guards, and then two flex positions that cannot be the same. Um, we're going to go in snake order with an order that we decide in just a few minutes. And the uh, player pool is every player taken with the number two pick in the NBA draft. Um, We have put the selection uh, sheet in a, in a, in a chat. So that way we can specify who the number two picks available are John. So territorial picks are not part of this. It is just the number two pick in the NBA draft throughout NBA history. Thank you for
1: that clarification. Uh, also, positional designations stick with the same as last time. Yes. I, okay. While you were checking your phone, I went through that whole whole spiel. So everybody's aware. Don't worry. I was reading. I was reading a a, a very new report that just came out today on August whatever.
4: In August. Yeah. In August.
1: Some t- and sometime in August
4: when this releases. Agreed. Um, so some trivia about the number two pick in the Ooh. NBA draft. Uh, there have been 16 hall of famers taken with the number two pick. Uh, there have been 10 MVPs. Can you guys name them? Uh, you want to go alternating? Now here's the thing. 10 MVP awards have been won. There are players that have won multiple. Oh no. yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant. Has won one, correct. Jeremy West unsold has won one. Correct. Bill Russell has won five. That is five. So now we're up to seven. Correct. So we've got three left, right? Yes. Uh, you maybe. Maybe someone's won two. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeremy,
5: you want to go? I'm trying to think if uh, Isaiah Thomas ever won one? No. no, he, no was good, even, he was ever even he was really in it. So I'm gonna say great
4: Jerry, guess, though. I'm gonna say Jerry West. Uh, no,
1: ironically, no. Arguably the greatest player never to win an MVP. Arguably. Mechanic finals MVPs? No. Uh, for finals, he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Pettit? Uh, he
4: won two. So there's one player left. And if, Jeremy, if you don't uh if you don't know, I can tell you. Is it Bob McAdoo? Bob McAdoo, Well done. Those are the five MVPs that were. Five players to win MVP uh, and total up our 10 MVPs from the two pick Uh, the teams to have the number two pick most uh, the Detroit Pistons have had the number two pick more than anybody else. They've had it six times Hmm. the Lakers. Have had it five times, three of which happened in back to, to back to back years, or two of which happened in back to back years. It
1: was, it was Lonzo Ingram and
4: uh, Lonzo and Ingram. So they went in uh, order. They went Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and then got the fourth pick and traded it in the Anthony Davis trade. Okay. How they yes. kept that pick is so frustrating. Yes, but that's whatever. good old Lakers. Um, the Chicago Bulls have had it twice. Uh, one in which they acquired from the New York Knicks in a trade uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers have had it four times. Excuse me. The Chicago Bulls have had it four times and the Sixers have had it four times. Um, And then the big trivia for this one. Now last week I asked how many number one overall picks have made the finals with the team that drafted them, but didn't win it. Now I'm going to ask you the five Technically, six, and I'll explain it technically in a second. There are, there are six players to win the NBA title. They were drafted second overall with the team that drafted them. One has an asterisk on them, though, and I'll explain why if you guess it. So, six players, five or six, have won the NBA title with the team that drafted them. Okay. So, Jerry West. That is one. Bob Pettit. Oh. Bob Pettit is two. John, Jeremy, you get a couple guesses now. Sorry. Bill Russell. Bill
5: well, oh, Russell. No, wait, sorry. I'm sorry, you're saying that did not. That, wait, that no, did. that did. Bill Russell yeah. was drafted by St. Louis,
4: and then tri- so that's where that's the
3: specification was, oh, right, we're going
0: right, right, with
4: right, is right, they right, were right. drafted by the by the team. Is so, he the asterisk so the, or no? no? the asterisk. No, the the asterisk Jason Kidd. There, Jeremy got it. He was drafted by Dallas in no, a roundabout way Dallas. of a career. Yeah, and then yeah. So in 2011, won it with Dallas, and now he coaches Dallas. Am I? Um, Isaiah Thomas is another one. There okay. you go. That's four. So there's two more. And one is one you guys should get. One is one we should get. Yes. Let me double check that I didn't get the team he was drafted with wrong. West Sunsell. Uh, yeah. Yes, West Sunsell is correct. So there's one more. But
1: that's not the one that like we should get that you were saying very vociferously yes. a moment yes. ago that we should get number two pick in 1965
4: oh bill bradley yeah. bill bradley won two oh. titles with the knicks and then there's one more you said five slash six we've named and i five. counted wrong i counted wrong because i i missed west west on so there's one more it happened recently it happened recently yes you might have forgotten that James Wiseman was on the roster. Oh of my uh, God. 2020, uh, 2022. Wait uh, a minute. Golden State Warriors. Hold on. What's up? I think you uh, might
1: be missing one. What am I missing? Uh, unless I have my years wrong, and I might have my years wrong, uh, but I don't think right. I do. Nope, you're correct. Darko Milicic. Mm-hmm. 2004, ah good point NBA I did forget one. champion
4: this is what happens when you sort by win shares and someone just like has none so darko is another one so we're up to seven now yeah that's there uh that's a pretty that's a that's a good one that's a good trivia if you guys want to i i've been doing a trivia for uh the mets live streams jeremy and i've been mm-hmm. f- testing them with oz and his his baseball brain hey. so and by the way, it was three Lakers in a row. We forgot about D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, It was three, two. T- wow, we're uh, the vacation brain. I apologize, folks. That, it's that's okay. You've had a good week away. Yeah, that's what uh, happened. Son. Yes. Bienvenido. Ami, Ami. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> oh Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Pitbull. All right. <laughs> Kids, look at Will, Willard Smith. Willard Smith. Apology accepted. Uh, is that accepted. his actual first name? Yes, it is. I'll, apology accepted, by the way. I can listen yeah, to your right. music again. Okay. Uh, John. Uh well, actually, why am I giving it over to you? Let's decide a draft order Please. if you would like. Um, We did it in age from youngest to oldest last time. We'll do it from oldest to youngest this time. The way we do decide a draft order on the Next One School podcast, for those who have not seen us do a draft in the past, is we do high card draw. I have a deck of cards in front of me. These two trust that I am not lying. I would probably have gotten better picks in the past if I was cheating my way to picks at this point but let's see okay john with your pick is a you have a five okay Okay. so let's see yeah andrew i always get to go in the middle
1: first pick here by the way it's pretty eh. you think it's clear oh i think it's clear Okay. Like I, I was about to say. I think it's a big advantage. I don't know if it's a big advantage. It's a. It is an advantage, though, more so I think than the last draft. Okay.
4: Well, then we'll see if you get the first pick. Uh, my high card or my card is a, Ooh. is a three. Great. Okay. All right. So I just have to get at
5: least above a three.
4: <laughs> yeah, or at least above. a... I mean, <laughs> no, if there I, are plenty of us saying at least above get... a three
5: in order for me to pick second.
4: Yeah, for at least or first or second. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, you so. want one of the top two picks, right? I just five. have to get past three. Um, I, I would actually argue three—the third pick might be better than the uh, second pick. I don't know. Well,
4: I guess we'll find out. Jeremy, your card is a six. six. Wow, uh, six, well, five, and three. So Jeremy gets shit. the one pick in the second pick draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, by all means, you are on the board. Go ahead. The iron John, the, a clarification.
1: Go ahead. The, no, no clarification. The irony here, like like many teams have. Over the years, might Jeremy fuck up the number one Ah. and leave the best player to me at the Mm. number two overall pick? Well, we'll find out.
5: John, uh, you can take Hashim to beat because I am taking Bill Russell first. Ah, there we go. Yes. He's not not fucking around. Nope, that was pretty easy. (laughs) Very easy. I, I mean, similarly to probably with LeBron and when you took him last week, I don't think I probably need to explain why I picked. Bill Russell. So I'm picking Bill Russell. I'm putting him at center. Mm,
4: yes. Yeah. Um the only the only correct pick. 12-time All-Star, 11-time NBA champion, 11-time All-NBA, 5-time MVP. He, he has the Finals MVP award named, named after, after
1: him. him. That is correct. Um okay. Uh I I could make this I can make this more complicated than it needs to be. I'm not going to because of positional depth. Um, I'm going to go Kevin Durant. Damn it. Um, oh, this is why I wanted the two pick.
4: He's right. There's no forwards in this draft. Well, uh, I, I, no I forwards that I enjoy watching because I don't like watching basketball before a time. You were the though. one doing all the.
3: Black yeah, white watching.
4: Educational. Well, educational purposes. I was watching it. All right. Man, if you'll let so okay. No, well, I'm not. I just I was hoping Kevin Durant would be available for me, but he is not. He is not. They're the one about Kevin Durant. He's a top 12, 13 player ever, two times final, two time finals MVP, two 10 <laughs> time all nba four time scoring champ. Uh should pick better friends. But um, I, I think we're good on this is a good pick. This is would have been I, I got to be honest, Jeremy, and this is probably sacrilege mm-hmm. because of the positional depth. I was thinking if I got one of going Durant, thinking about it, I think it would have I would have had to like it's sacrilegious to not take Bill Russell. Obviously, I was thinking about it if I got one or putting it on I my would board have, because of the positional depth.
1: So I, if I could just interject and I had. I would argue that there is a greater gap between Bill Russell and the next best and center the next than center. there is Kevin Durant and the next best forward. And I actually don't even think I don't even think that's a debate. Uh, yeah,
3: I'm, yeah only I'm just throwing I'm throwing that because
1: out you, you OK, so
4: then this makes my next two picks a little easier. I, um, I will Listen, go Bob Pettit with I, my next pick. If you didn't take Bob Pettit, I was going to get pretty upset. Okay, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the nineteen fifty. Can we just? I'll let go you ahead. do it because you picked him, but do unless you want me to do it? Eleven-time uh, All-Star, two-time scoring champ, eleven-times All-NBA. Go ahead. No, Tom. it's it's not just
1: eleven-times All-NBA. How many of end. how many first teams? Ten. Hey, Okay, ten, ten of them
5: came before a man set foot on the moon. Yeah, it, it, MVP award.
3: again. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not
1: everything, but the man finished in the top six. And here, well, let me just read off his MVP finishes, starting in 1956. First, first he won the MVP in his second year in the league. Followed by second, fourth, first again, third. Second, sixth, fourth, fourth, Bob Pettit is the most underrated star, superstar, whatever you want to say in NBA history. I don't think it's close. He's a player that has been lost time and is forgotten about when he should be mentioned every much as as those other old timers, uh, you know, Um, from the old days. Average 20... Most,
5: go ahead, Jeremy, go ahead. This is the most get-off-my-lawn speech it was like I've heard about basketball. Average 26-16 and 16 I respect
4: for his it. career. I respect it. JFK saw eight of his career seasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking of a way to get it in there. But but unfortunately, he missed his last two. I wonder what, what happened. Um,
1: you, know, you know who averaged more career rebounds than Bob Pettit in NBA history? Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. That's it. Back then, they didn't teach
4: shooting. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Man, uh, disrespect. Yes, I'm disrespect. He picked him, Ray Marcano. (laughs) If you're listening, you're welcome on behalf of John for defending that era of basketball. I believe the last year of Bob Pettit's career, there were nine teams in the NBA. Yes, nine. Okay. It doesn't matter.
1: Bob Pettit all-time Bob, great of his top era tw- top 25 is, player of
4: all time of his era he was outstanding um okay we we got we shout out to Bob Pettit and his family if they well i guess shout out to Bob Pettit's family um if they're listening although he's still alive yeah you know, I, I think about I, it and, no i don't want to i don't want to say like may the no, possibly Wait. Bob I, Pettit's still alive. Bob Pettit is still yeah. alive. Yeah! Bob Pettit, come on the pod. <laughs> you're the invited. You're so, in- Bob, a pod is essentially the radio, <laughs> but different. Bob, a radio now is not just in the military. Okay. Um, My next pick is Jerry West. There. John, you're welcome. I picked two dudes from mm-hmm. the 60s and 50s for my first two picks.
1: Listen, you got two of the... I did. Two of the 25 greatest players ever. I did. I'm
4: not like... It's a great job. Disappointed in my picks. I'm just like, oh, great. You picked two guys from before John was born, which is, as we've gone over, look, tough to do.
1: Look, if you didn't pick either of them, I was going yeah, to you pick would've. them, and it was going to be not a difficult decision for me to pick either of those guys if you had left either of them on the board. Unfortunately, um, neither of them were on the board now making my decision more difficult um there is certainly talent on the board here um a lot of guard depth
4: and as you guys while researching did you notice that the number two pick wasn't as deep as you might have thought it was going to be yeah yeah I know it's the there's same a, thing.
5: I always to me, it's always been the first or the third. The second is usually it's often thought of a great consolation prize, and it just historically it has not been.
4: Yeah, like we mentioned Darko, there's a lot of Sambuys. there's a um unfortunately, there's some Len biases in there. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of stunned how quick the the tier ends in in the number two All right. Pick.
1: this is this is already a tough spot for me um I have bob Pettit's wikipedia page up. <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta go with my gut here i gotta select the player who is in my personal opinion the only player left who has an argument for being does he have an argument for being one of the twenty five greatest players of all time he might. Oh, he he might. I think uh, and that's Isaiah Thomas. That was mm. it. Yep, good pick, John. That's it. there's other
4: players that have accrued more value than him.
1: And actually, as you, yeah, oh. I, I don't, I, Isaiah Thomas was. He's gonna like it's like Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's he's gonna finish his career with just not. I mean, he finished his career with low because he, he, he didn't. He didn't. The regular season didn't matter to Detroit for a decade.
4: First of all, um, this is a Nick's podcast. So Isaiah Thomas, once a Nick, always a Nick. Um, or once a Nick general manager, <laughs> always a Nick, general manager. Uh, and this is where I will quote Bill Simmons' book of basketball, because on his chapter about Isaiah Thomas, he speaks about how his numbers will be lost to time because he sacrificed so much for the sake of the team because he knew on a night when he could get. 30. It was better for the team if he got 18 and 12. And it is why they went to the conference finals six straight years to so the finals three years in a row. And in an era where Jordan and magic and uh, Larry bird dominated the NBA and took it to a global stage, there's this two year stretch where the bad boy Pistons ran the league and you know, that I think is worth recognizing
1: when slam magazine did their, uh, top 50. I think they actually did a top 75, but it was around the 50th anniversary of the league. I think the, whoever wrote up, I forget who wrote up his blur, but I think they, he, the person who wrote it wrote maybe pound for pound, the greatest basketball player of all time in terms of like. How much talent was packed into his size? Because he was six, you know, whatever, six feet, six feet one. I had him as 28th when I did my top 75 ranking a year uh, or change, a year or so ago. Um, yeah. So, whatever. That's my guy. Okay. Jeremy, you got two picks. Yes, I do. Uh,
5: the first one, you know, he's listed at two different positions. I know I just picked a center, so I'm going to not have him also be a center, is Bob McAdoo. Ooh, I was hoping he would fall. <laughs> ah, well, you're out of luck there, my friend. So yeah, um, Hall of Famer, no doubt. Five-time so that's a center for you. Two time. No, it's not. He he played power forward as well. He's listed. They're, as power they're
4: listing him as I. I think he's a center. Unfortunately, I I got it. Greek all right. I'm just saying he's. This is like the Tim Duncan is technically listed. Bob McAdoo played power forward. Yeah, Bob McAdoo is a center. So. I will say to Jeremy's point, if you want to get technical, there are years on his basketball. Because that would be always a tiebreaker for me. Mm -hmm. If you look at a year in his NBA career and if it's like all the same position, then like regardless of what the positional listing is, it's that there are several years where he's listed as a power forward in Detroit, in New Jersey, his rookie year in Buffalo. Also, I understand a power forward size.
1: I'll let it go, but just for any of the old heads listening to this, I just want to acknowledge as you are yelling at your cloud from your lawn, I too am yelling at my cloud from my Uh lawn. Bob McAdoo's a fucking center, but if you want to take him, I'm yelling at
5: my cloud, which is uh, I have Bob McAdoo and you do not. Ah, you, Bob MacAdoo, don't have him.
3: Ah, Bob (laughs) McAdoo.
5: (laughs) So there we go. Um, The next one, this is the trickier part because I'm going to take a guard. There are two phenomenal elite guards. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. No. I'm really struggling between which one I want to take. But ultimately... um, Hmm... I think I'm I would gonna...
1: argue that the two you're picking because I know who you're picking between. Same. I would argue that these two guys, in terms of trying to distinguish them in NBA history, in terms of who had the better career, because they, in part, because they played during the same era, their errors over, overlapped. It's a really tough call. It's a really tough call.
5: It really is. Uh, and granted, I saw one of them play when I was pretty young, and I saw the other play when I was not so young because his career lasts a little longer. But I think. Ultimately, ultimately, I'm gonna go with Gary Payton. Yeah, go with the glove. I just, um, I I don't know. I think maybe it's the Knicks DNA in me, the the defensive perspective, just how dominant he was. I mean, the only defensive player of the uh, year, not only, but the he won defensive player of the year um, as a guard. No one had done it except for Marcus Smart this past year. Just the domination. Just too much. So uh, nine time All NBA, nine time All Defensive, I NBA champ. Although that was a little bit more of a hollower, and you know it was at the end.
1: You could argue yeah, both that, the guys that we're talking about, yeah, and, had yeah. similar paths uh, to their championship. Kid, kid was, you could argue that kid. It was either kid or Chandler who was the second most important. Well, Marion was on that team too. Jason Terry was on that team. Kid, yeah, but that was. Jason Terry it, yes. was the second yeah, it, it, highest scorer. High, second highest scorer. Sure, I, I acknowledge that. There is an argument that Kidd was the second most important player on that team.
4: I I would disagree with that argument. I think right. he was very fine in a role as the fourth best player on that team, which you could argue Gary Payton was the fourth or fifth best player on that Heat team especially that game no, three when they made not. the come when game three, when they made the comeback, it's no. because they went to a lineup with Gary Payton and Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam and Shaq off the floor, which is the best part about the narrative that Shaq like went to Miami and won another. It was when wow. Alonzo morning was you put narrative Miami and Shaq all in the same sentence. I, as somebody who watched game three. I know you watched it too, but who like is the loser that goes back and rewatches these games, the way Miami came back in game three. Okay was right. with that lineup that they went to. It's literally like Steve Kerr going to David Lee in game four. And more Andre Iguodala in game four as a starter, but going to that David Lee lineup and saying, go ahead, play Mozkov. We're going to go five out. Good pick.
1: Yeah. Gary Payton's very good. Are you now um, taking the other guy? If I do anything else, it's me getting cute.
4: Um, He's my next pick if you don't take him. I'll just like make it easy for you. Well, if you're gonna do that, sure. I'll take Jason Kidd. Yeah, like he's he's best player available in my in my list. And I just I don't see another I don't see
1: another player. There are there are a few times where I felt in the moment genuinely aggrieved for a player who did not win an MVP. This is one of those times, and I think this is probably first on the list because it's like when the impact that he had on the Nets taken over from uh once a Nick always Nick, Stefan Marbury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know what else you say. They were a lottery Uh, team and then they went to the
4: finals. That's all you have to say. It's literally that simple. They were a lottery team and they went to the finals. I still
1: remember the sports illustrated. remember sports illustrated used to come out with the NBA preview where they would rank. They would preview like one, two, three, four, all the way through 15th. And I think they had, I'm not sure if they had the nets making the playoffs. Maybe they had them like seventh or eighth in the East, but well, not to like nitpick on their run to
4: the finals, but this is the 2002 finals we're talking about. Yeah. This was also in an era where the Eastern Conference was still figuring out there's this three year stretch between Jordan and LeBron where the Eastern Conference just didn't have like a face to it. So Jason Kidd and his like 52 win nets could. Yeah make a run to the finals, Allen Iverson and a bunch of role players can make your run to the finals. And it was the Los Angeles Lakers invitational for three years. What team is going to the finals to I, lose to the Lakers and Jason Kidd in that first round. You remember against the Pacers, they almost lost in game in five I, games I do, at home. <laughs> Shout out Reggie Miller.
1: I do remember and that.
4: Then the Epic game, Epic series against the Celtics when they blew a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter of game three and then won three straight to get to the finals and were promptly swept off the floor by the Lakers.
1: Little history uh, lesson. Jason Kidd. Also, shout out to the to the Jason Kidd Phoenix era, mm. which if you were there for it, <laughs> it was fun times. It was fun times. There was some four-guard four lineups in there. there. There's a hairdo in there, too, where he... Bleached his
4: uh, hair, his his uh, fro, like he like grew out of jerry curl
1: to an extent. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix was. They were. I don't think they ever made it out of the first round. I could be wrong. I don't think they made it out of the first round uh, during that era. But they they were good. They were a good team, and uh, yeah, Jason Kidd, really good career. So now it gets difficult for me. Um, because you can't pick any more white
4: people. No, I can't. I'm out. What do I do? Ah. I- no, nah, I can't pick any more white people. The white people are off the board. Jason Kidd would have fit really well with my team, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have not yet taken a center, and Jeremy took two, so <laughs> I now have to recalibrate and think about who to go with. Running the table. Um, I will take. I will take Wes on Celt with my that's next the pick. right that's the right pick, thank you I correct, correct. picked it myself um i it's funny um I had like a screw up the other day, Jeremy, when we were doing our power rankings of uh on patreon where uh, John in only the way John can was defending certain teams because they're well coached, and when he got to Washington.
1: I was like, respect
4: for Scotty Brooks. And he's like, hasn't been the coach for two years. Like, oh, no, who is one
1: year, one year. I say he, was, he wasn't the coach last year. That's don't beat yourself up too much.
4: Regardless, not the coach anymore, Scotty Brooks. And he was like, West Unseld Jr. I was like, oh, his dad won an MVP. And that's why our, now I respect for West Unseld Jr. Um, West Unseld won the MVP in uh, what year? Why isn't this showing? 1969. That is the same year that the bullets went to the finals. Am I mistaken? Uh, No, the no, the, no, no, six, that's 69. The 79 bullets went to the finals. Actually went back to so, back years
1: in 78 and 79 and won it in 1978. Yeah. Wes Unseld had just a really bizarre career and that he came out of the gate and won rookie of the year MVP and was named all NBA first team in an era that had some pretty good centers um, and then the rest of his career, he was solid. He was very solid. I mean, it he was, he was good. He was a very good player. He was, you could argue he was a great player, but never in terms of the accolades and, and you know, the, um, you know, recognition mm-hmm. uh, never approached anything close to what he got as first year in the league.
4: So next up, I, Am going to fill up my other guard spot and go once a Nick, always a Nick. A guy selected <sighs> to the nineteen, connected to the seventy-five, the NBA seventy-five team. Um, it's funny, Dino. You don't actually. Neither of you use Instagram. There's this little filter you can do where um, you like record yourself and it. Lists five players, random players from the NBA seventy-five. That's like four times I've done it. Earl Monroe has come up, and it's almost destiny that he ends up on my team here. Earl the Pearl Monroe, nineteen seventy-three NBA champ with the New York Knicks, one rookie of the year, uh, n All NBA appearance, and a four-time All
1: Star. Earl Monroe as my other guard spot. It, Monroe is a guy. He's in my top five of guys I wish I could have seen play live because his stats and accolades and his resume does not say this is one of the 75 greatest players of all time or at the time he was named in the top 50, one of the top 50 greatest players of all time. And yet, to, like his, I uh, like basketball uh, reference has their Hall of Fame probability index, I, I think Monroe was like somewhere like 10, 15%. It's very low. To a very low percentage. And yet to anyone who ever seen him whoever saw him play, it's like, oh, it's Earl Monroe. He's one of the greatest players of all time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he took a backseat to, or not a backseat, but he sacrificed his individual game uh when he came to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
4: Actually has like some pretty significant playoff games against the Knicks
1: that, that oh, in the late 60s, you know, with with uh, Baltimore. Absolute wars. Yeah, uh, absolute wars. I yeah, I did a lot of research on that when I was I was doing the Knicks seventy five. He's he was. There's yeah. a conference finals that went seven
4: where he eliminated the Knicks. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, um, Clyde, there's a reason Clyde still taught. When he, it's funny that when Clyde, Clyde won a championship with Monroe, and yet if you catch him on broadcasts, more often than not, he's talking about his battles against Monroe than mm-hmm. playing with Monroe. That's what Clyde remembers. Okay, uh, it's me. Yeah, you're up. You have two uh yeah, you have a pick. Sorry. I have one pick. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of last
4: week when we did that draft.
1: So you got Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um oh, so I only have one pick. Okay. Earl of Pearl the
4: 1967 NBA, NBA draft first pick to the Baltimore Bullets at the time. Yes. Should update a bit. Jason Kidd is on John's team. 94, number two overall pick. I should say that. Earl of Pearl was number two. Isaiah Thomas was the 1981 number two overall pick after Mark Aguirre. And Kevin Durant, 2007 um, first overall pick after Greg Oden.
3: There's
4: a name. If you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right, this is the summer to keep your balls cool while you're still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below-the-belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code school. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their Advantage Skin Safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on-off switch, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Beach, lake, or shower, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Now that you have the perfect haircut, use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness even at the hottest BBQs. Most importantly, use the Crop Preserver all deodorant to stay cool in the heat. With a soothing aloe vera formula, it's the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness. And this clear-drying formula will keep looking good while smelling good. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that will bring your comfort to another level. Wearing sandals with some nasty toenails during the summer months? Take a look at the Shears 2.0, a luxury nail grooming kit. This includes stainless steel nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming systems. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. Don't hesitate. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Film School at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Film School at Manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Okay.
1: Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go with the guy that I have as much respect for as any Nick opponent ever. Oh wow. You're lucky I was just gonna
5: do a run on centers and screwed.
4: So listen. How you have oh you could only take one. You can only take one.
1: But it would have he would have had his back against when I when I tell my grandkids about growing up. Watching the nineties Knicks. Uh the first the, the the battle that I will tell them about first and foremost will be Patrick Ewing versus Rick Smith. <laughs> you know, eligible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's eligible. Uh no, Alonzo Morning. Um, again, played he it, I feel bad for Morning because when when uh, you know if you're growing up in the nineties, you there was an era where it was like very clearly the top four, Elijah Wan Robinson, Ewing, Shaq, or whatever your order was. And then Morning was number five, you know, and then you had like the Cammy Mutombo and like Rick Smith was actually not that far behind, but like Morning was like clearly that number five for, for a while. And then there was a brief period of time where Morning got up there and he finished high in some MVP voting. And obviously he um, had success with Miami and then his career was, not derailed by injuries because he had a legitimate career, but it was not probably what it could have been. Um, had it not been for what I think it was a kidney issue, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he won a championship. So uh, good good for him being off the bench for that for that uh, heat team. And he still obviously works for Miami now. Obviously drafted by the Hornets second overall. Uh, fun, young, early 90s team. Him, Larry Johnson, and uh, Muggsy Bogues. I'll take Alonzo Mourning.
4: Derek Coleman on that team too? Or is Derek Coleman on one no. of the trades? Coleman. Okay. Ooh, who did Nigeria? Derek Coleman was a Hornet at one point. He was a Hornet briefly, on that but
1: he, team. He, yeah. He was not
4: is drafted by the Nets, went to the Sixers, then went to the Hornets and back to the Sixers. Now you make me wonder who the hell Derrick Coleman was traded for. Anyway, it's a conversation for another day. There you go.
5: Um, Jeremy, you have two picks. So the first one I think is easy, and the second one becomes a real challenge. First one
2: is uh, easy.
5: The first one. I mean, I'm going to double check that he was not drafted. He wasn't great. Lamarcus well, Aldridge. Mm. Yeah. Got numbers. Mm. 100%. You know, I mean, and also, should have been old a Nick. He was a power forward well before he was a center in, in San Antonio. <laughs> he is a power forward, that he's yeah. 100% a power forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> without a doubt. But yeah, no, should have been a Nick. It's a shame, but
4: uh, we're past that. We've, we've moved on. It is what it is. Actually, it's because of someone in John's team that he wasn't a Knicks. Oh, yeah. That's I say Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. It was <laughs> the Eddie Curry trade. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: Eddie Curry, not, gets... not a second overall pick.
4: No, 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 no.
5: Here it gets tricky because oh, man, I'm looking at one name and it's a, it's the most Jekyll and Hyde career. Jekyll and Hyde career. Ooh. Now I'm curious. Yeah. Uh okay. I think I know it's a, where you're going. It's a tale of Two Cities is all I'm saying. Just someone who is great and then not great. It's tough. That's uh, it's the world we live in. So, but you know what? If we're looking strictly at uh, what's available,
1: oh, I know who you're looking at. I, I think I know.
5: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Terry Cummings.
4: Oh wow, that's not who I was. Okay, <laughs> but okay. Uh, so way more than two cities there.
5: Yeah. So, but here's the fascinating thing, right? Forman Terry 19th. Cummings, and it must have, been, it had to have been due due to injury. Just looking at this, um, from 1982, yeah. 83 to 1991-92, Terry Cummings averaged 21.3 uh, points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists, 1.3 steals. Um, you know, like. But, Again, it's, hard, it's harder for me because I was not alive for the majority of his career. He put but up numbers. He put up numbers. And then in 92, 93, that's when it was a steep drop. Um, See, he never <laughs> averaged more than 10 points per game, then 9.1 points per game uh, in the later half of his career. But that first half was just very good. He was a two-time All-Star. you Two-time, two-time All NBA Rookie of the Year in '82, All Rookie Team naturally as well. So, um, you know, my back was kind of against the wall for some of these picks. It just it gets downhill fast. So, Terry Cummings, step right up. So
1: that's uh, that's that's a chalk pick. Hey, look, Terry Cummings played a long time, but you know, put a lot of stats in that time. I'm not sure that he was ever quite the impact player as some of these guys left on the board. Um, so now I'm in a tough spot because there is there was an obvious pick before. I respect Aldridge. I'm not sure I can I can co-sign companies. There is an obvious pick here. But it would be a luxury pick for me. And I need I need a forward. Mm. And there's a forward I really want very badly. I do not want to let him go because I don't like any of the other forward options, even though they are very respectable players in their own right. Um, But I am not going to be left with any of them. And instead, I'm going to take Senator Bill Bradley. Bill
4: Bradley. Yeah. I don't hate the Terry Cummings pick, by the way. 11th in win shares and number two picks. Whereas Bradley is 34th.
1: Yeah. Again,
4: you can't quantify what Bill Bradley did. I'm just saying for like to quantify Terry Cummings, what he did. Someone had to lose in the first round in the East playoffs in the 80s. True. like The Clippers, which is just not fair.
5: What uh, happened? I thought he played Milwaukee. Well, for the first two years of his career, that's probably why he was so good in the first two years of his career, because he got to play for a terrible Mm -hmm. Clippers team and then moved to Milwaukee.
4: Yeah, somebody had to lose in the playoffs. Yeah. also once a Nick, always a Nick. Terry Cummings. Terry Cummings, one of the first Knicks that I watched in the late 98
1: Knicks. Yeah. I'm going to, well, you're... uh, Don has taken Bill Bradley. Make your make your picks. And then when it comes before it comes back around to me, I'm going to uh, give you give a little Bill Bradley stuff. Oh, OK. It sounds like someone's pulling up their
4: newsletter right up on Bill Bradley. You know me too well. Uh huh. OK, well, because I know you too well, I know that I probably can't leave this one guy that's played from entirely too long ago uh, on the board. Um, for too long, or else you're gonna take them. So I will start at guard and take Dave Bing. Ah, damn it! Top seventy-five, all obvious NBA 75, 75th anniversary team. Um, three times all NBA Hall of Famer, scoring champ, um, rookie of the year, seven-time All Star. Uh, also again, going back to my win shares. Hi, Oz. Top twenty in win shares for the number two picks overall. Um, guy averaged for, uh, a little over 12 years in his career, uh, 23 and six. No, I did not see him play. He has not popped up in any of my research, watching old games from the the sixties and seventies, probably because he went to Detroit. Um, and just like the Knicks, Detroit wasn't all that great until, you know, um, the mid to late 80s so um i went with dave bing uh my team would slaughter in the 1970s 60s and 70s no actually just the 60s yeah the late 60s into 70s regardless my team is loaded if uh your tv doesn't have color okay my next pick is going to be someone that played basketball they in play the basketball. National Basketball Association. You're, you're on to something, John. Um, it's going to be a center. And damn it, I need somebody from this generation. I need somebody that played for my team during an era that I defend. Um, may have even won some hardware on said team. He is 10th all-time in win shares for the number two overall pick. NBA champion and Defensive Player of the Year with the Knicks, Tyson Chandler. That's fair. You probably have someone from the 70s. And Literally, young, I swear. i stole John's cheat sheet. So, you're taking yeah. Tyson Chandler at center? Backup yeah, center? Backup center. So, I have West unsold at center, and then Tyson Chandler backup center. So, right now, I just need a forward, which I'll get on my last pick.
1: Okay. That's fine. Um... I'm reading. I'm reading over what I wrote about Bill Bradley. I don't have any great stat. Other than that, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Okay. I thought that was pretty impressive. Good, good job,
5: Bill Bradley. That's, oh, I'm sorry. Is that quantifiable for?
4: Basketball? Ah, probably. I mean, how many? What's what's a warp for Rhodes Scholars? Yeah, or being in that the add? Senate?
1: Oh, uh, probably. We're going to
5: count how many votes he. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: yeah. would be a good stat if I could pull that up. Unfortunately, yeah. I yeah. can't. Um, no, Bradley was really good. Oh, take my word for it. Okay. Uh, I'm up next. I need, I have, have my taken, whole starting team. Could have taken Sean Bradley. I will not be taking Sean. Bradley. No, uh, I have my starting team. I feel really good about my starting team. I would have really, really liked it if, um, if Dave Bing was there for me. I don't think he is a top 75 player ever. I understand he was named to that. I, I think that's a, I don't know. It would not have was not on my top 75 list. I'll just say that. Um, this is tricky because there is no obvious name here left. Um I'm gonna trust that the guy that I want that I think is the best remaining pick is going to be there with the next pick. <laughs> I could be wrong on that, but I'm gonna trust it. And uh I am going to take how many defense I think he he won one defensive player of the year. Yes, one. Four time all defense. Four time block champ. Oh. And once wow. a nick. Always a nick, baby. Not once, but twice. Marcus Canby. On mm. my cheat sheet. I have two Nicks from the 2012-13 team. You do?
4: <laughs> and well, uh, you you balance it out with with uh you balance it out with Alonzo, Morning, Kevin Durant, Isaiah Thomas. I was about to say, I, I, you, you have every, a very Nick team right now. That yeah, I'm the guy yeah. who's
1: supposed to be the Nick savior, the guy who was the Knicks, uh foil—not foil, but like their main rival for many years—and then as Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas speaks for himself, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so it only makes sense that the last player you'll take is Antonio McDice.
4: That I was looking at it, looking right at it, dude. I need, I need, Jer- I need dude. John to take Antonio <laughs> McDice. Then he's got the most Nick team on this podcast. Oof. Jeremy, you've got two picks. Well, okay, so, so I uh, he guard. has to take a forward. He has to take a forward. Never mind,
5: John. Yeah, yeah, uh, guard and a flex. Yep. So, uh, for guard, I'm gonna keep it pretty simple here. I'm just gonna go Mike Bibby. Ah, uh, not, not Bibby. my preferred option necessarily, but another it's another Nick. It's another yeah. Nick. Um,
4: Jeremy, really good point guard. Yes, can I tell you? about how we talked about Mike Bibby in 2002. The guy went head to head with Kobe and Shaq while Chris Webber had a deer in headlights look yeah. and like was doing everything he could to get the Kings to the finals. And we talked about him before Twitter, like at the lunch table was the pre-Twitter. Okay. It was the pre-group chat, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, it wasn't like fade away, throw your garbage can, garbage in the garbage can and say Kobe. It was fade away and say Bibby. I swear there were lunch, there were recess basketball games where we were crossing people up and it was like Bibby to Iverson, like back and forth one on one. That's how much we talked about Mike Bibby for like two years. And then it went away. Sounds about
5: right. Yeah. Yeah. RIP t- 2002 Kings. Yes. Uh, <laughs>
4: so for my last pick. S- sincerely, the, re- the officials that were. Sincerely, Tim Donaghy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for my last pick, it's a flex.
5: But uh, I'm going to go with. It's a forward. Hall of Famer.
1: Oh, I know you're going with.
5: Six time all star. Two time Actually- NBA champ. All NBA during the JFK administration. Oh. Bailey Howell.
4: Yeah, Bailey Howell. <laughs> <laughs> take a you're page out John's of John's
5: book. Course. I actually thought you were going to take this player and that you thought that... because because they cause, cause we're, So we're looking again. Andrew has sorted this list by win shares. This man. And I'm surprised because <laughs> Bailey Howell's eighth, which again, not an above and be all stat by any stretch, but we have picked, before Howell, we picked every single player... One through seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that, especially John, that you didn't take him. Just knowing I how much you revere that era, and I thought for sure with the Hall of Famer that he would be. I I revere the greats from that era. Excuse me, Bailey. Bailey Howell is one of the greats from that era, according to
4: Winchell. No, no, stop. It. Why do you hate Bailey Howell? <laughs> Because he sucks. Uh, <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, he was hell one of the better famer. second overall picks ever. How dare you? How respect, dare you, John?
5: Respect your generations that
4: preceded. Okay, Gosh. respect your. Aunt. Fine. Did he take your lunch, John? I'm not even gonna <laughs> respond to that. Uh, uh, oh, it's your pick, John. You have it is. so
1: you have to take a forward. No, I don't. You do. No, yeah. I. My team is Alonzo Morning at center. Kevin Durant, Bill Bradley at forwards. Isaiah oh, you put Bradley Thomas, at forward.
4: That's my fault. You yeah. put Bradley at forward. I had him a guard. Yeah, and
1: I have can't be, as, I can't. I can't take another center. That's all. Like I, so I have to take a guard, or a or a forward, because I could take a forward. Um, man, there are better there are better resumes than the guy I'm about to take, but I gotta tell you, sometimes I gotta try to get. The votes of the young people.
5: Oh, I know where you're going with this. I should have gone to
4: damn it. I should have scrolled down. I thought about it, but it's like <sighs> so early. Got Is ahead, it John, really? Say it. I well, OK, based on the criteria of I should have done voting it. body. Maybe it isn't. You could have your belly. Howell. I'm taking John Morant.
5: <laughs> John Morant. <laughs> I honestly I forgot John Morant was even the second round pick. Second overall pick.
1: Yeah. Uh, James Wiseman is still on the board for you, Andrew. Actually, no, he's not because you need to take a forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this
4: works out scrolled. as a, as John's favorite Nick
1: team because
4: as much as he hates R.J. Barrett, he can now oh have, my have the guy that he wanted anyway with the... Uh, in fact, I'm going to leave on the Google Doc. See I that. have it as <laughs> 2019 John Morant NYK Cause it was with Bill Bradley's team used to be. I'll just for John's heart, so he can look at it and be like, "Oh, John Morant's on the Knicks instead of the, you know, this guy RJ Barrett that I hate." And secretly, put uh, stop Reddit, put Reddit threads out there stop. about how much he's worse than Lou Dort. <laughs> stop trying to taint the vote. Uh huh. So okay, since this is the last pick, this is where my what this is my my process and what I'm. Going back and forth between, I did look at Brandon Ingram as an option. I'm I think still it's reasonable. Con- I'm still considering Brandon Ingram as an option. This is the last pick, anyway. Um, I'm also looking at Antonio McDice. He is 19th in win shares for uh, the second overall pick. There's um, an obvious pick here. There's an and you haven't named him. Here, and I haven't named him. I am not saying Rudy Tomjanovich. That's I have, the obvious. It's the I obvious e- pick. John, I have everybody from the 1950s. I'm picking somebody that played when there was... Rudy Tomjanovich played in the 70s. I'm picking someone that played when we
1: counted by three. Okay. And Rudy would have... I mean, if it had it not been for... Kermit Washington, yeah, great Kermit book, Kermit by the Washington. way. Anybody wants to read a great book. It's called it's literally called The Punch because it's about the punch that um well didn't actually yeah, end. Tell Rudy the story why what happened
4: with Rudy Tom Donovitz and the punch? For those fight. who don't know, but it was
1: close. It was a fight that broke out in a game between uh I believe it was the Lakers, I think, and the the Rockets. the Rockets and um Kermit Washington, who was a player for the Lakers at that time. Uh in the midst of a fight in which everybody was like all over everybody, turned around and just threw a punch without really realizing what he was doing, and it landed in such a way that it like I, I, it caved in Rudy chochannovich's face mm-hmm. and uh he he nearly died and um yeah, he missed i, I thought he played again after the punch, I know that i but i it, it, his career was, you know, never so the same after that.
4: For those who remember the incident, they're going to call it an incident, the shove from Jokic to, um, Markeef Morris, uh, Markeef Morris. Um, we like all debated it for like a day of whether it was a cheap shot or not, or whether it was a warranted retaliation. Um, what people I don't think realize is like Marquise Morris missed the rest of the season and is like still dealing with whiplash and issues. It's a similar situation where an altercation broke out. Um, back then you could actually throw a few punches in. It was like as close to hockey as possible. And it affected Reed Tom Johnson's career. I am not taking the head coach of the team Mi- that defeated Patrick Ewing in the finals.
1: Mi- I, excuse me. I just want saying say, not only did he play, he made an all-star team after the punch. So, Great job by him. Great job by him. Okay. If you
4: had coached a different team or at least defeated a different team in 1994, I'd be able to 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 do it. But that's more of a role a place for really. You should have took Rudy Tom Johnimich, you should have you should have took Rick Smiths. You should have had all the Knicks villains on your team, John. Um Steve Francis, how's that for a Knicks villain? There you go. He would have he's imagine him and Isaiah Thomas on the same team. Um, another <laughs> name I was confused by. Marvin Williams is 20. I, I missed like a 15 year career from
1: Marvin Williams because he played a lot of games and played some decent minutes for a lot of good teams over the second half of his career. Marvin he Williams is a really important role player.
4: He retired in 2020. When I must have missed all of that. When you're 6'10 and you can hit a three pointer, you're going to be employed for a long time in the NBA. Yeah, I missed all of that apparently. So well, shout out to Marvin Williams for a pretty, pretty stellar career. Um, those I think are the like, so Keith Van Horn just uh, worth mentioning was good. was uh, so many Knicks tie-ins Knicks tie-ins yeah they're, they're they're a bunch um I think I am gonna end up with Brandon Ingram though and I'll go there with my last pick bring some That's youth good. to I, bring I, I some youth it. to the starting five I what? absolutely blew it with the uh,
5: Bailey Howell. With Bailey Howell over John yeah. Morant. I should have scrolled down. I just wasn't thinking that. Oh, yeah. You know, there are some really good players who have been drafted second overall recently and have not. Because that's why I guess for me, it's sorting by years versus mm-hmm. by win shares because that's how I'm just more accustomed to it. But uh, lesson learned for the next round when John um, does not take R.J. Barrett. It's <laughs> <laughs> R.J. Barrett. And Andrew or I take
4: him. Oh, that's going to be fun. Who ends up with R.J. Barrett in their third pick draft? So who goes three? Who goes number one overall in the third pick draft? All right. All right. I was waiting. Seriously? I just wanted to face. That was the reaction I needed okay. to say. Good job, guys. All
1: right. So yeah. uh, not drafted. Um. So all the guys first I of all, said. What's that?
4: All the guys I said. Well, D'Angelo Russell, another yeah, one, Lonzo Ball,
1: another one. Uh, Ray Felix uh, uh, played very, very long time ago, but had some some good years with the Knicks. you mentioned, Keith Van Horn. Um, Emeka Okafer? Did anybody mm-hmm. even mention Emeka Okafer's name? Ran out of centers. Um, yeah. Uh, once a Nick, always a Nick. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable NBA figure for other reasons. Uh, notably, drafting the guy who is would go first overall in the number three pick draft. Rod Thorne mm. um, was a once upon a time, second overall pick. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Michael Beasley.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Hang on. Can we, can we officially call Michael Kidd Gilchrist? A Nick, because so it was an exhibit was ten, on, right? He never, never played, played on the training a single, camp roster, right? He yeah. never played a single game, <laughs> and it, that counts for the for the Nick.
1: Derek Williams, another guy who, who was, uh, he was a Nick. He was a Nick. He was. Um. Oh, Darko was a Nick. Yeah, Darko was a Nick. Yep. It's a amazing lot how many of these guy guys pick. are Nick's.
5: You know, I can yeah. never really shake. Speaking of Derek Williams, was that, that he and Aaron Aflalo, uh turned down those player options that they had? They could have, for what was then five million, eight million, I think, respectively. Like that's a decent amount of money back when the salary cap was like sixty-five million dollars. And they said no; they wanted to bet on themselves, and they both, I think, did not win that bet.
1: Mm. Um, hold on, I just want to make sure. Just gonna real- yeah. go ahead, go ahead, John. No,
4: no, you go, Andrew. I've already moved on to the. I, I was joking when I asked about the three pick. I've now pulled up the list of players drafted number three, and the first one's obvious. After that is like, huh? Yeah, okay. no, I,
1: that's why I, I that don't was going should... to oh, be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one.
4: Yeah, we have, we have a whole it, we, get to it.
1: we should we should come up with something because whoever gets the first pick in that draft, I actually don't think it because then you have to wait five picks. Yes,
4: you oh, get it. now. Here's the other part. Wilt Chamberlain is technically the third pick. So you have Michael and Wilt to choose from. Is he technically the third pick? He is technically a third pick in that draft. He is listed as the third pick on basketball reference. So you have Michael and Wilt involved there. Technically, Michael is second in win shares.
5: You know that um, name of the three-headed dragon and two of them are super serious and yeah one is like
4: very silly that's what it feels like <laughs> the because third the, one's the first third pick is oh, <laughs> man not I, the worst yeah. but also it's, it's a steep drop i'm just gonna tell you this right now and i'm gonna make a motion into the camera that if for the third pick draft if things happen some relationships might end okay Maybe by then we'll also be celebrating his return to the
1: next. Man, that's this is going to be really unfair for whoever gets the third pick and the third pick draft. Ironically,
4: I I actually think I there's know. some
5: creative drafting involved. The two names I, that Andrew just said. I mean, you could do worse. Like right. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying you want the third pick, but
1: I think it's considered. That's fair. I just want to give one more shout out. Um, and the two picks. Yeah, it's for uh, Marvin Barnes. Marvin Barnes did nothing in the NBA. Um, <laughs> but if you are, if you like, if you like reading, uh, my personal favorite basketball book that I've ever read is a book called "Loose Balls." It's an oral history of the ABA by Terry Pluto, in which Marvin Bad News Barnes is easily the star of that book if you if you were if you're uh, if it's again it's august if you have some time to kill away from the nba and you're looking for a good read go do yourself a favor order loose balls by terry pluto and um you'll understand why i'm giving martin Martin's a a shout out here that's all
4: okay all right so this will post um obviously um, you're hearing this on a Monday morning. Tomorrow, as you did with the first pick draft, we will post a poll on Twitter. You vote and tell us who won the second pick draft. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead and read off your team. Uh, sure.
5: If I can Pull start some, with there it is. Terry Cummings. There it is. Uh, uh, Bill Russell at center. Yeah. Bob McAdoo and LaMarcus Aldridge at forward. Gary Payton and Mike Bibby at the guard spots. Uh, Terry Cummings at the flex and Brandon Ingram. I mean, uh, Bailey Howell <laughs> at the other flex,
1: John. just like, do you realize five Duke guys have been taken second overall, including yeah. three in a five year span, Bagley, Parker, uh, Jabari Parker. I, nobody said Jabari Parker and Brandon Ingram. Anyway. Uh, okay. My team center, uh, Alonzo Mourning. forwards, Kevin Durant and Bill Bradley guards, Isaiah Thomas, of the D- Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Kidd, and then off the bench, Marcus Camby and Ja Morant. Okay,
4: let's go on a time machine and look at my team. Uh, at center, <laughs> Wes Unseld. At forward, Bob Pettit and Brandon Ingram. That, geez, Brandon Ingram had and sitting at this table. He's just like sitting there with his Game Boy while the rest of This Listen, man, he, he, yes. he should be fucking honored. Yes, honored, honored. the table. To that has to wheel them all one at a time to their cars afterwards. All right. Jerry West and Earl Monroe at the guard uh, and Dave Bing and Tyson Chandler. I mean, no disrespect. I'm being a butthead on the pod. These are some of the all time greats. And um, you tell us how great you think he, these teams are by voting in the polls on who won the second I- pick draft. What's up, John?
3: I'm
1: literally just going to say you, you should win this. It, like, I,
4: you, I'm looking at your team, and well, let's not influence the vote. We yeah,
1: let's not influence the vote. Let's not influence the vote. Um, do we? Sorry, one last shot Do we shout out um, Kenny Anderson? Oh no, we didn't. That's a bad job by us, shout especially in Anderson. light of this whole uh, New York City Point Guards uh, mm-hmm. documentary thing that's that's going on right now. Um, a week ago, a week ago, it went on, John. Yeah, that went on recently. Yes. Yeah, recently. <laughs> recently. Uh, man, I'm looking still looking at these names Stromile Swift, Len Bias.
4: Mm. Yeah, Len Bias. That's one Mm. of my favorite 30 for 30 Well, not favorites, a different word. It's it's one of the better 30 for 30s.
1: And did we say the name Sam Bowie on this episode? I did.
4: did. Oh, you did say About how the the two picks that have, you know, a history.
1: I, I missed that one. Okay. Um, good job, gentlemen. Um, everybody out there thank you for listening to another episode of the next film school podcast we will of course be back with another one of his bad boys uh next week hope you enjoyed the first two don't forget vote 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 your vote counts uh look out on twitter for that and uh until next week we will talk to you soon peace out